Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Morning Dump, a fantasy baseball podcast. Week two, baby, let's go. Happy Passover, Easter, Ramadan, 420, whatever you're into. I hope you have a great week ahead. Kick this one off with some fun stories from opening week. How about Clayton Kershaw? He goes eight innings against Minnesota in 80 pitches, throwing 13 Ks with a perfect game, and he gets pulled. I think there were some riots from Dodger fans, as it was quite controversial from a fan's perspective. In around 220,000 baseball games played in history, there have been only 23 complete perfect games. So why pull him? Well, what a class act this guy Kershaw is, as he 100% supported David Roberts' decision from a manager and player's perspective, saying blame it on the lockout, blame it on the short in spring training, blame it on the fact that he's still not fully stretched out, His slider was failing him in the 7th and the 8th, and he believes it was the right call to pull him. Moving on to Stephen Kwan. How about this rook setting history, seeing 116 pitches to kick off his career before his first whiff. That's the most since 2000 by any hitter. Dude's pushing a 1234 OPS with a 455 average, off to one of the hottest starts by any player in the league. Obviously, it's not sustainable. And he's cooled off a little bit since that whiff, but I absolutely do not believe this is a fluke. The man registered a 934 OPS and a 328 average in his final season in the minors last year, and I think he's worth holding. At the very least, if you're not sold on him, sell him high while you can, because he definitely has value. Next up, the highly touted CJ Abrams hits his first career home run in the big leagues. Congrats, man. He's a rookie shortstop debuting for San Diego in place of Tatis Jr. But the best part of this one was his team's reaction to the home run. If you didn't catch it, when he got back to the dugout, he was greeted by complete silence and not even a look from anybody on the team. Love that. Playing some jokes on the youngin' for a warm welcome by the whole squad. A couple other young guys to mention, we saw a face-off. Between the number three pick in the 2017 draft, Mackenzie Gore, and the number five pick in that same draft, Kyle Wright. Fun fact, number two in that draft was Hunter Green. But these guys did not disappoint. Wright went five innings with nine Ks, five hits and no walks, versus Gore's 5.1 innings with three Ks, three hits and two walks. Rock solid numbers, and I think both are worth rostering to see how they progress could easily be fixed using your lineups moving forward. What about the top six pitchers and points so far this season? Based on the Points League Pro's points structure, we got two Mets, Chris Bassett and Tyler McGill, two Padres and Sean Manea and Joe Musgrove, and two Giants in Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon. Some elite pitching by these guys, leading everybody through their first two starts. Quick shout out to the Cleveland Guardians. Nobody saw this one coming, but they are top two so far in major hitting categories, including runs, RBIs, average, slugging, OPS, hits, and OBP. 
Jose Ramirez is playing out of his mind. We talked about Quan, but they have some other young players hitting really well also. And lastly, quick shout out to the Oakland Athletics. They're hardly top 15 in any of the major hitting categories, yet still in epic athletic fashion after selling out nearly all of the big names on their team, still figuring out how to get runs on the board as their top five in the league so far. Now let's get on to the streams of the week for week two. Monday, April 18th, Josiah Gray. He's at home against the D-backs. 22% owned on Yahoo and 12% on ESPN. Big fan of this kid. I mentioned preseason. He's a big part of the deal that sent Scherzer to LA. He got roughed up by the Red Hot Mets in his season opener, but he bounced back well against Atlanta. In three seasons each, across his minor league and college careers, he threw over 10 Ks per nine with under a one whip and under a three ERA. The man's got great stuff. I think he's going to hand it to the Diamondbacks, as most pitchers do. And he's got a two-star week lined up to face San Fran on Saturday. Tuesday, Jesus Lazardo at home against St. Louis. His ownership jumped from 33% to 62% in Yahoo over the past week, and from 17% to 36% in ESPN. If you tried him out with me last week, you reaped the benefits as he dominated the Angels with 12 strikeouts across 5 innings with a 1.8 ERA and a .6 whip. His velocity's up. This could definitely be a breakout season for him, and I think he's a must-own until proven otherwise. After that performance, I'm going to run him against St. Louis, and we'll take it from there. He also has a two-star week facing Atlanta on Sunday. Wednesday, 420. Options are looking a little cloudy on this one. But I'm going with Chris Paddock at Kansas City. He's 29% on Yahoo and 10% on ESPN. Faced the Dodgers in his first outing with Minnesota. Wasn't pretty, but the numbers weren't horrendous. He went four innings, six hits, three strikeouts, three runs. He hit a batter. It's really only serviceable for the matchup here against KC. Thursday, Carlos Carrasco. He's at home against San Fran. 46% owned Yahoo, 40% on ESPN. After a triumphant battle with leukemia, he's come back, gotten himself back in shape, and posted a strong first two starts. Granted, this came against the Nats and Arizona, but he's pushing 13 Ks in 10.2 innings with only one earned run, five hits, and two walks. Icky looking like he's back. Let's see how he fares against San Fran. Friday, we're sticking with my man Kyle Wright. He's already 64% owned in Yahoo versus 43% in ESPN. But as I mentioned, I think he could be a fixture in rosters moving forward, so get him if he's still available. His college numbers were elite versus more average minor league numbers. But in his first outing, he secured the win against Cincy with six innings, six Ks, no runs, two hits, and a walk. Already mentioned how well he did against San Diego. And he's definitely worth running against Miami next week. Saturday, we got Matt Brash. Seeing a lot of mixed reviews and opinions on this guy. He's 43% owned in Yahoo and 18% on ESPN. He'll be at home against KC. Solid matchup. He looked filthy in his debut against the hard-hitting Chai Sox. Throwing his fastball 99 miles per hour and doesn't even need it to strike guys out. With plenty of movement in the rest of his arsenal. Think he's worth a run. Could be looking at a stud here. And Sunday, we got Justin Steele. He's at home against Pittsburgh. 25% on Yahoo, 18% on ESPN. 
This is completely matchup based. He didn't have outstanding numbers in the minors, but he did put a solid first run up against the Brewers in his debut this season. And his second at Coors wasn't too shabby either. If you need a guy to try to put you over the top on Sunday, you can find it in Steele. Moving on to Pumper Dump. First guy we're looking at is Owen Miller. First and second base eligible for Cleveland. The lesser known young Cleveland stud. He's 37% on Yahoo and 30% on ESPN. Dude's been hot. He's batting over 500, slugging over 1,000. He had a 300 average in the minors with a 360 OBP. He'll get you some steals and homers. And look, in fantasy, you got to ride the hot streaks. Even if he's not going to keep this going for long, I'm definitely pumping this guy for the short term. On to another Cleveland, Oscar Mercado, outfield. We've seen this before from him. He launches some homers, gets some RBIs, and people get excited with his steal potential. But I don't see it lasting. He's only 5 for 28 so far. Looks like smoke to me. Hard dump. How about Jesus Sanchez, outfield for Miami. 28% on Yahoo, 13% on ESPN. Don't miss out on this guy. He's got a 310 average so far with a 1023 OPS. I've been on him since he helped me win the finals last season. Talked about him preseason as a late draft steal. He's got a spot locked in that Miami lineup. Hits for plenty of power with two home runs, two triples, and a double so far this season. Definite pump for me. On to Jerickson Profar. First, second base, and outfield eligible for San Diego. 33% on Yahoo and 45 on ESPN. Classic utility man off to a hot start, but with a career 237 average, 709 OPS, both of which were lower in 2021. I'm not buying it. Definite dump for me. If you can sell him high, do it ASAP for someone who thinks he might be worth something. Maybe you can pair him with somebody else and get an upgrade at that position. How about Brandon Marsh, outfielder for LA? 8% on Yahoo, 6% on ESPN. Snagged him with my last pick in the morning dump league draft, where we're rocking 30-man rosters in a 12-team league. Guy's been performing. He smacks a lot of line drives that could end up turning into home runs with a little tweak to his mechanics. His hard hit rate's still sitting around 50%, while his Ks are down from last season. And he'll get you some steals, too. For now, maybe more so just a deeper league pick, but keep your eye on him. Next up, we got Tyler McGill. 80% on Yahoo and 72% on ESPN. I bring him up because he's probably one of the most added guys through week one, and I'm not buying it. Yes, his velocity has increased, but we saw him go off for a mean stretch last year with ace caliber stuff and then cool off. If I had him, I'm trying to find a Met fan and sell him as high as you can. And lastly, Hunter Green. I'm obsessed with this guy. Talked about him last week. Sitting 100 with ease through 92 pitches. Getting plenty of movement on his off speeds. He's 62% owned on Yahoo and 64% on ESPN. And I do not think it's going to be long before he's pushing 90s. Get him before he's gone. Guy's got the eye of the tiger. Now on to the fleece of the week. There's a real art to trading. Across the 162 game baseball season, it's unlike any other fantasy sport where you get so much more production out of your guys, making the trades you pull that much more important. You get to use metrics, stats, rankings, trade charts until each side feels like they've got an edge. It's all about the risk and the reward. 
This week, I want to highlight a deal from a dynasty league that I host that two managers pulled off a few days ago. Team A got Logan Webb, age 25, and Alex Verdugo, age 26. Versus Team B, who got Carlos Rodon, age 29, and George Springer, age 32. Mind you, this is a daily points league. 10 teams, 40-man rosters. You look at the Fantasy Pros Dynasty trade chart that just dropped in April. Team B got killed, 98-86, to 86, with Logan Webb having a value of 35 versus Rodon's 19, and Verdugo with 23 versus Springer's 25. Webb makes sense to me, looking like a future ace, young stud. Rodon, I think, could be a little higher. He was putting out nasty ace caliber numbers last season, under a 1 whip, around a 2-3 ERA, over 12 Ks per 9, but he only made it 132.2 winnings. So I get the injury concern, which probably is why his number's all the way down there. But if this guy can stay on the field, he's in his prime. He put out better numbers than Webb last year while on the field and could continue to do so for several years ahead. Meanwhile, we all know what Springer's capable of when he's on the field. And I do feel like there should be a bigger gap between him and Verdugo on that chart. But you look at Verdugo's numbers, and he's been flirting with a 300 average for the past three years and a 350 OBP. Hasn't been a huge slugger, but meanwhile, he's got three home runs already this season with Boston, and he could be breaking out. But at the end of the day, I do feel like a fleece was pulled here. I'm just not sure which one. Going to depend on the health of Rodon and Springer. We'll definitely be revisiting this one as the season goes on, but I'd love to hear what you all think of it. Hit me up on Twitter and IG. At Morning D Fantasy, putting a survey out on Twitter to see which side of that deal you guys like more. That's all for week two, folks. Thank you all for joining me. And remember, can't have your coffee without the morning dump. <laughs>